Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about this episode because we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, anxiety. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I struggle with anxiety. It has been an ongoing battle for me and something that really just this past year, I was like, this is not going to be my life. And I know there's so many people who struggle with anxiety, but people don't feel like they can talk about it. So again, that's why I'm so excited to bring you this conversation. So today I have Michaela Bucchianeri on the show. I'm pretty sure that I said her name right. Um, I've practiced it several times before going live, and it actually made me realize saying her name over and over again, how people feel when they try to introduce me as Jamie Scrimger. Anyway, Michaela is a practicing clinical psychologist and a copywriter. And not only does she specialize anxiety professionally, she experiences it personally as well. So she has both perspectives. She also has two stepsons and is an active member of the exclusive stepmom community. In this episode, we dive into all things anxiety, how it shows up for both of us, how it feels, how to minimize it, strategies that have worked for us, and why it is so common in stepmoms, and more. Now, throughout this episode, Michaela and I refer to the exclusive stepmom community on a few different occasions. So if you're not familiar, I want to make sure that you are. So the exclusive stepmom community is my membership site for stepmoms. Community members have access to exclusive interviews with experts, tell-all podcast episodes with Darren and I, personal check-ins from me, live calls, and a whole lot of next-level real talk that most don't feel comfortable having on the general internet. Now, there's also a private forum that is entirely off of social media where you connect with other stepmoms and get individualized support from me. So if you have ever had the urge to connect with fellow stepmoms on Facebook, but didn't because you were worried that the post would come up on your mother-in-law's newsfeed or the ex's best friend's newsfeed, or you just didn't know who was in that group, this community is for you. Now you can get all the details at www.jamiescrimge.com forward slash membership. We would love to have you join. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out and let me know. All right, that's that. Now let's dive in to this episode. Michaela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I know. We were just talking off the <laughs> offline, I guess, or off the recording about we go back and forth on Instagram all the time. So I feel like we're <laughs> really good friends. Um, but this so is the fun. first time we've talked in not real life, but virtually, I guess, face to face. I know, but, but that is real life right now. Everything's virtual. So yeah, very, very true. Very, very true. It's crazy how you can follow someone online and interact with them online and just feel this like connection with them, right? I, I think know. it's amazing. I love it. Amazing. Yes. Okay. So for those who aren't familiar with you, can you just introduce yourself? Give us the lowdown about you, your family, what you got going on. I know that's a big loaded question, but um yeah. Yeah, I'll try I'll try to be concise. Um <laughs> 
So I'm a licensed psychologist. Uh, I specialize in anxiety and body image. And I'm also a copywriter. And that just means I help other health and wellness professionals market their business online. A lot of our training teaches us to communicate like robots. And so I just help people remember how to talk like a human to attract the right people. I'm originally from California, but I moved to Minnesota a number of years ago for a postdoctoral fellowship. And that's where I met my now husband, um, who was a divorced dad of two at the time. So I'm stepmom to his two boys. They were three and five when we met and they're 11 and 13 now. So we're going on nine years together. Yeah. And have you noticed like, how has that evolved for you, that role as a stepmom since like being in their lives from, you know, so young to now? Because, you know, that's a long time to be a stepmom, I, I find. It is a long time. It's 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 really wild to think about just all the developmental stages they've gone through in the time. Like we were just, oh God, I was cleaning out the huge backlog of photos that I have on my computer. And we were just looking at them and laughing at all these old photos and videos like they were babies. And obviously they don't appreciate hearing that. They, they, they were the oldest they'd ever been at the time, but to me, they were these babies. And I just, it's really crazy to think of, of how long we've been a crew. And I think, I think that's one change is that as time has gone on, truly our, we've coalesced into a family. We all consider ourselves a family. And obviously when you're just starting out, like no matter how well-intentioned everyone is, it just doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like a family when you're just meeting your partner's kids for the first time. Like, why would it? <laughs> yeah. And you feel new for a long time. And stepmoms yeah, reach definitely. out to me often and say, when does this go away? I feel like I'm an outsider in my house. I feel like I just don't belong or I'm just kind of on the outskirts of it all. And all of a sudden it doesn't feel like that anymore. And I don't know exactly how to pinpoint it, but it is one of those things that it really is just about time. It's so true. And that's a frustrating thing to hear when you're just <laughs> just getting your feet wet. Obviously, you want everything to feel normal ASAP. But truly, it's like if you can just go about the business of focusing on whatever's right in front of you before you know it. It's like so many other things. You just wake up one day and you realize how much it's changed. Yeah, for sure. Now, you specialize in anxiety. And you and I have talked about anxiety a lot online. And you deal yeah. with it personally and mm -hmm. as a professional in your practice. So from your professional experience, like, does everyone experience anxiety in the same way? Because I talk openly about my experience and I know so many people deal with anxiety, but what's that like just from a professional experience or perspective, if you will? Yeah, it's a great point. It's anxiety is a one word label that encompasses a, a huge range of different experiences. And that's why it's, it can be comforting when, you know, you hear someone else say, oh, I, I deal with anxiety too. But at some point you realize, I don't think we're talking about exactly the same thing here. And, and that's okay. It's, um, it can encompass anything from anxiety in certain social situations, um, specific phobias or intense fears, persistent worry about certain themes like health, safety, money, relationships, um, or it could compass panic symptoms. I mean, it's, it's really different. And then as well to complicate things even further to people who experience say generalized anxiety about different themes, it could look very different person to person. Mm -hmm. And so what about someone who has it all the time? Like you're just like feel anxious all the time. Is that generalized anxiety? It's, it's more likely to be generalized anxiety. Yeah. And it, again, it tends to focus for those folks, it tends to focus on some core themes and the themes can evolve over the years, but generally it's like, I think of it as like, the world's like worst playlist. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I've heard this one before. Um, it tends to kind of 
your, your thoughts tend to go in certain directions reliably. Like, yes, I know money is just one of those things that kicks up a ton of worry for me, or I'm constantly focused in on safety, either my own safety or the safety of people around me. And that's why, you know, yet another version of anxiety is anxiety that crops up um, postpartum. So for some, for some parents, that is the first time right after becoming a parent, that's the first time they ever experience intense fear or worry about the safety of their child. And obviously that's, that's normal to a degree. We worry about parents that have no fears of their child's safety, but when it reaches that, that point of excess where it's really disrupting their functioning day to day, that's mm-hmm. when we'd consider it more of a kind of anxiety with a capital A. But yeah, I mean, at its core anxiety, it's not all bad. It's designed to keep us safe and thriving when it's functioning. Well, it's what helps us be punctual, productive, prepared, protected. I don't know. I like alliterations, but all these P's it, when it's doing its job, it, it helps us really live a good life. You can think of it kind of like a car alarm that goes off when someone's breaking into the car. It's like, it keeps, it keeps us and our stuff safe. Um, but sometimes it shows up in unhelpful ways. So it would be like with that same car alarm metaphor, it would be like if a leaf gently falls on the hood of your car and rah, rah, like the car alarm's going off, it's not helpful at that point. It's it's triggered in situations where it's really not warranted. Oh my gosh, I love that analogy. So Yeah, I didn't make it up. I wish I yeah. did. Well, it was good. Yeah, I wish you did too. But um, whoever did is a smart, smart person. Um, okay, how does it show up for you, anxiety? You kind of mentioned it a bit there, but what does that look like for you personally? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's changed a little over the years. I think I mean I would consider myself it was no never diagnosed in childhood, but I was always kind of an anxious kid. I I remember having worries about all kinds of different things and none of it got in the way of me being able to be happy and and healthy and live a good life, but um looking back I can definitely see that. And it's one of the most common reasons folks seek out therapy, but there's still a lot of stigma surrounding it. So that's that's why I'm open about it with my clients, um, especially if I get the sense that they're feeling some shame about it. I just keep it real with them and say, you know, I, I know what this is like, not just on the professional side of things. Like I'm part of the club. I live with it too. So mm-hmm. for me, it tends to show up as panic, uh, panic symptoms. And, and panic, by the way, that's one of those words like anxiety that gets used it gets used kind of sloppily by all of us, right? Like don't have a panic attack. We say that just if someone's a little worried about something, but true panic, I mean, it can look different for everyone. For me, it's like a full body adrenaline rush, not in a fun way. It's this intense feeling of fear. Um, For some people, it can be kind of this sense of surrealism, like they're there, but not really there. Or they can feel some odd sensations in their limbs. They might feel nauseated. They could feel trapped, like this intense need to escape. But for me, I mean, as intense as those symptoms are, it's really, it's not something I experience often. It's intermittent and it's almost always when I find I've been pushing myself too hard or I've been neglecting my self-care. That's why I I take a really practical approach to self-care. It's not all bubble baths and pedicures. It's like, the stuff that you need to do in order to take care of yourself. Yeah. And what is that for you? So for me, it's definitely uh, exercise. That's one that I just notice when I've been pretty sedentary for long stretches of time. I've got this abundance of nervous energy. It doesn't even have to be panic. It's just like I can feel it like electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so the same. finding. 
Yeah, I know you've shared about running. It's like finding that thing or those things that you can do with a friend or by yourself, whatever, that just gets your body moving. It's like a way to channel all that energy in a healthy way. For me, it's also like carving out stuff that's just for fun. Like it doesn't have an end goal attached to it. It's not for work. It's not, quote, productivity. It's like just stuff that brings me joy, whether that's reading books just for fun or just having time to myself. That helps a lot. And then also being in nature. That's one for me that's just always, always helpful. And then oh my I have gosh, to plug- we're the same. We're the same. Yeah, I know. I th- yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely why I've seen myself in a lot of, a lot of what you've shared about anxiety is like, it's not always, we tend to overthink even how we're trying to solve the problem of our own anxiety. Like we get over complicated. We, we stress Google the best books on Amazon for anxiety. We, we try to find just the right therapist even. And while obviously I believe strongly in the power of therapy, there's so much we can do just day to day. It's like just nurturing ourselves. And that doesn't need to be a fluffy word. It's like truly just taking good care because otherwise everything else feels harder. I know. And I often, you know, my anxiety will creep up if I'm not going for regular workouts and walking and and doing that. Mm -hmm. But my other, I need time alone, like with no one around. And that's why, you know, we're recording this episode during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are all locked up at home and I'm Mm -hmm. used to being home home alone every single day. And I have not had that alone time in a very long time. (laughs) So it's something that I've really had to carve out for myself. But, you know, do you, I get the jittery leg and I feel Mm -hmm. like I am, I feel like when I'm super anxious, I'm spinning my tires and I can't catch up. Like I'm mm-hmm. always in a rush. That would be a, how I describe it. Like I I feel really wound up, actually. That's yeah. probably the best way to describe it. Always just so wound. And it is so crazy how that can consume your entire body, like it's entire so body. And I've even had panic attacks. Like mm-hmm. there was, I've shared this before online, but there was a time when I was in university and I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying and I was admitted to the hospital because I was having such a severe anxiety attack. Like I could not take a full breath. I thought I was going to die. And it's so crazy. Like the whole Mm. thing is just crazy to me. That's where a lot of, that's where a lot of anxiety is first diagnosed is in the ER because people come in having a panic, having panic symptoms and they think they're having, they'll say things like, I'm going crazy. I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack. It like, it feels like there's something deeply, deeply wrong. And there is, it's anxiety gone haywire. But oftentimes that's where people first get the message. Like, no, you might want to take a look at this. This is anxiety. Mm -hmm. And no, for me, it was like, I thought that was normal, the way I was feeling Mm -hmm. all the time, because I've really worked this year at getting my anxiety under control. Yeah. And it has been so transformational for my marriage and my business and just how I feel every single day, my family life, all the things. Mm. But it's crazy because I didn't know what it felt like to not be anxious. That's what I realized my whole life I was feeling like that. And I wonder how many people are walking around feeling like they're supposed to feel tight and like tight in their chest all the time. They think that's normal. That's such a great point. I mean, we think about it. There's not like this limitless store of capacity that we have. There's only as much energy as there is within us. And so if so much of your energy is being siphoned away towards like being keyed up, being wound up all the time, there's obviously less to go around for the other parts of you. That's why another common experience people have is, um, 
what you're describing, but also like when they start to manage their anxiety more effectively, more proactively, they find like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more fun to be around. I'm so much funnier. I find things funnier. It's like, there's more, there's more me in my life when mm-hmm. anxiety takes a backseat. So and yeah, the you're me that you didn't right. even know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's what yeah. can make it so fun. Help like walking people through that process of learning, learning to become expert on their own flavor of anxiety. Cause everyone who deals with anxiety has their own unique flavor of it. And right now with everything that's going on in the world, it's like many, many people are getting to know that flavor of anxiety for the first time. Yeah. And the struggle is real. Now, yeah. speaking of anxiety and people, um, stepmoms, <laughs> a lot of stepmoms follow, well, this is primarily stepmoms who listen to this podcast, but yep. a lot of stepmoms experience anxiety and it is probably one of the most common questions and messages that I get in the exclusive community forum and all the things. Mm-hmm. It's why do you think that is? Why do you think that so many stepmoms experience this for the first time when they yeah. become a stepmom? So <laughs> one thing we know is that even though there are so many different types of anxiety, there are some common triggers that tend to kick up anxiety in many of us. And those are uncertainty, <laughs> ambiguity, and a loss of control. So basically stepmotherhood in a nutshell. There's yes. so much uncertainty, so much that's unknowable and that's outside our direct control that this kicks up just all kinds of different feelings. And I know you talk about this in lots of different ways. It comes up all the time in the in the exclusive community, but it's like fear, frustration, um, kind of some of that panicky desire to like the feeling of being trapped, that you're operating in this system that you did not create and that often you're limited in terms of how much change you can affect. Uh, of course, we get to be in charge of lots of different parts of our own reality. Much of that is internal work though, right? It's like your perspective shifts, your mindset, how you choose to, like the story you tell yourself about something that has happened in your in your step family dynamic. But yeah, in terms of the actual nuts and bolts and the logistics of your life, there's a lot that's outside your control. And to that point about ambiguity, I mean, this there's this term, you know, role confusion. It's a huge part of our identity, not just as stepmoms, as people. We want to seek uh, clarity with regard to what is my role? Who am I? And so when you're stepping into this role that is just really ambiguously defined, we don't have great public markers of what it means to be a stepmom. And as much variability as there is for what it means to be a mom or a dad, like that can look a lot of different ways, but most people, most children even can say, well, a mom is this, a dad is this. Our clearest models of a stepmom, you think about like from childhood, what do they think of? They think of Disney movies, like how terrifying. And so oftentimes by the time you're stepping into the role of stepmom, you've got a lot swirling around in your head. And a lot of it has to do with what you don't want to be. Either that's because what you've experienced directly in your life or what you've seen. Yeah, that is so true. And I always say it's a good thing. There's no one size fits all approach to step parenting because, you know, what works for one family may not work for another, but it's true. They're really, because there's no one size fits all approach, no one even really knows what the heck it is or what you're supposed to do. Wow. Yeah. That definitely hit home for me there. So when it comes to stepmoms who are feeling this and feeling this anxiety, you talked about how 
it starts with you. It starts with yeah. doing the work yourself and thinking about the story that you're telling yourselves and, you know, the meaning you're putting on certain things that happen. It's, you know, I just did an interview with someone and she said, it's that simple, but it's that complicated too. Mm. And it's, that's mm-hmm. so, so true because you can sit around and you can think about all the things that are happening that are outside of your control as a stepmom. But that's going to get you nowhere. Like sitting around waiting for people to change and for your anxiety to just go away. You're in for the long haul, honey. Like it's just not going to happen. So when we talk about these mindset shifts, do you have any strategies on how to try to deal with that anxiety and try to manage it? Because it does come back to you. I I do. (laughs) And this is, (laughs) I I should be clear. I don't, in my professional life, I very clearly do not market myself as a a therapist to stepmoms because I'm living the life as we go. These are things that I have found to be helpful in my own experience as a stepmom. And I fully expect that this will continue to evolve. But something I found particularly challenging with just like finding my own way in the role of stepmom is (laughs) that loss of control piece. And what I have found is that the things I have struggled with in my role as a stepmom are the things I struggle with in life in general. For example, the control thing, like as frustrating as it can be to be part of this dynamic and this system that you didn't initially create and that other people often have more of a say in than you do, (laughs) like leaning into that a little bit And just looking at the role of control in my life and how much I have relied on having a plan, being in control to just navigate my own life. And honestly, if I'm being honest, to manage my own anxiety. Like I think, I think a lot of the ways that I've tried to manage my own anxiety without even realizing it over the years has been to exert control over my day to day, my life. And (laughs) Being in this role has just, you have no choice but to relinquish some of that control, a lot of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you find that as a stepmom or you, whether you find that as a parent or whatever, something forces the issue and you're like, wow, this is really hard for me. And so in that way, I think we can just step back and get really broad with it and say, okay, what is kicking up anxiety in my role here is likely what would kick up anxiety if I had a different life where I wasn't a stepmom. And so that's worth a look. What do I want to do with that? Um, I think with regard to the actual, you know, the piece of, of control and uncertainty, just focusing on what you know for sure. So there's so much that we don't know in this life. It's like, I don't know how we're going to get through this as a, a step family. I don't know how this particularly this particular situation is all going to shake out. I don't know when the next shoe is going to drop. The next issue will come up. Instead, focus on what you know for sure. I know I'm committed to my relationship. I know I'm invested in helping support my stepkids. I know I've made it this far. I've overcome all kinds of challenges in the past. I I know I will figure this out. Like just keeping it really specific on what you know for sure can be very powerful in pushing back against that anxiety. Yeah, because we get so caught up in wondering things that we don't know and how much time and energy. Like, you know, when even people are wondering what's happening at the other house over and over and over again, it's like, you, you're never going to really know. Like the kids can say something or you can hear something. You don't know. Like just like she doesn't know what's going on in your place. Like you don't know. There's no way to know for sure. Exactly. And that, like even hearing you say that right now, Jamie, is I'm, like, I'm nodding like, yeah, yeah, that's totally true. There was a time in the not so distant past that that would have just kicked up so much fear in me. It's like, 
but I have to know, or I'm going to try to know, or how else can we survive this? How else can I be okay if I don't have all the information or as much as I possibly can? And that is just in, in the short term that can manage our anxiety a bit because we feel more control over the situation. But like you talk about all the time, like I'm playing the long game here. I want longevity in my happiness and my thriving. And so maybe that means letting go of the need to control this situation or have all the information right now. Maybe I just roll with it and trust that if I focus on what I need to focus on, we're all going to do better in the long term. Mm -hmm. I do have this belief and I just kind of started to remind myself of it over and over again in the last couple of years. It's like everything is going to be fine. Everything will work itself out. Sometimes shit is really, really hard. Sometimes it feels like everything is falling apart. But I do have this faith that things will work themselves out. This will end. This too Mm -hmm. shall pass. I even think back on, you know, thinking back on all of those really, really stressful times in your life. We've all had really bad times, right? Mm. They are now just a memory. And we have (laughs) lessons from them. We have moved forward from them. Like it will, it will end. And you have to remind yourself of that too, because, you know, if not, you will find yourself spiraling. It's so true. And hearing you say that makes me think of just all the different quotes and things that I have clung to at different points along the way in this journey, I guess you could call it, of stepmomming. It's like what serves us well during one season or period of of our life as a stepmom might not might not serve us as well at another point. Like we might need to pivot and embrace a new mantra or a new belief system. And that's okay. Like back to that point about, you know, ambiguity about what your role is. There's so much, I know this kicks up so much stress for stepmoms around just like (laughs) the whole idea of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's a pressure to make it very clear to other people how much you care about your stepkids and how invested you are in them. But then to walk that line of not, not treading into mom territory, not taking anything away from anyone else. But Basically, I mean, I I struggled with this a lot early on of just stepping into this role and not knowing how I was being perceived. Honestly, I feel like I experienced in my first months or years of being a stepmom what a lot of people experience in in adolescence, like just that awkward feeling of a spotlight being on you 24-7. And so I found this quote back then that said, live your life in such a way that if someone should speak badly of you, no one would believe it. And that quote gave me so much comfort. I would like put it up and look at it. Yeah. And it was, I still, I mean, I think it's a great quote because right. The gist is like, like trust that when people get to know you, they will, they will see who you are and they will, yeah, they'll be able to form their own opinions. And that gave me so much comfort. But then over time, it was so interesting. Like it kind of lost its power, that quote, because eventually I realized it's still kind of focused on other people's perceptions. Like even when you bend over backwards to communicate that you take your role seriously, but not too seriously, and you love your stepkids if you do, but you're not overstepping, the truth is there will still be people who misinterpret you or misunderstand you or just don't like you. And that's true for all of us, not just stepmoms. So over the years, I just realized this recently that I just kind of mentally shortened that quote to just the first three words, live your life. Just oh my live gosh, your life. Yes. <laughs> and I've been so, and that I feel like that's kind of, that's a theme throughout so much of what you share online. I know that's a big part of your worldview too. It's like live your life and you will yeah, be so much cares? happier. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to go back to that point of your role changing and the way you look at things changing, I'd say, you know, my role as a stepmom, what it looked like five years ago versus two years ago versus now, like it changes all the time based on where the kids are at, what they're going through in their life, their age, you know, just how things are going. Like there's so many different factors. And I think that a lot of stepmoms get into this place where they're like, this is my role. This is my job. (laughs) This is what it looks like. And there isn't that room to pivot. It's, you know, it's like, this is what I, my role is in this family. And I think that steers a lot of people wrong because you need to pay attention to the vibe in the home. You need to pick up the, your cues from your stepkids. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, evaluate things based on the situation that you're in. And these hard and fast rules and just getting stuck in that same place, it's going to cause you even more anxiety because life isn't the same. Life does change. Things are right. evolving. I think I love that point. I think about that a lot, Jamie, because I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with my stepkids. I have a cool, unique relationship with each of them. And I'm, yeah, it's not lost on me. I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for that. But I'm also a realist. I know life is uncertain. Like we will likely go through stressful periods in the future. We have in the past, like it's just a matter of time. That's just relationships. Knowing and trusting that if we are playing the long game, then that means we're in it. That's already been decided. We're committed. And so the only thing left to do is adapt. So we will adapt and that we don't have to know today what that's going to look like weeks, months, years in the future. Just trusting like I've survived so far. I'm going to future me is going to figure it out. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. And being okay with adapting. Yeah. That, That I think is a big piece, right? So when you do feel that change coming on, be okay with saying, okay, what works today? Yeah. What feels good today? You know, should I be involved in this? Should be I be all in today? Or should I keep my mouth shut and just like go to my room and watch Netflix? <laughs> totally. And that changes day to day, week to week, month to month. And, you know, I do get backlash on that. People say, well, you need to be consistent. You need to show up in a mm. consistent way. Absolutely. <laughs> but you can still be able to adapt and pivot with that same mentality. Absolutely. And picking your battles and just what feels like a big deal today might not tomorrow. And like, that's, yeah, you're allowed to change your mind about all that stuff. I think it's really ironic. Like the early years of being a stepmom, I, I mean, I ordered all the books. I read all the articles online. I, I was like hoping that again, it was mostly just fear because of uncertainty. I'd never done that before. I didn't know any I didn't know anyone who was a stepmom in my real life, certainly not anyone my age. And so before I found online resources, like before I found you and everything you talk about and all of your resources, before I found a local group here to just have happy hours with and connect with other stepmoms, it felt like the wild, wild west. And Mm -hmm. so what's ironic to me is that back in the day, I was just like, throwing myself into any resource I could find about, quote, how to be a stepmom and how to thrive in this role. And over time, I've just been amazed time and again by how much, like the secret to my success, I'm doing little air quotes, in being a stepmom has to do with like my own thriving and my relationship with my partner. Like that is those two things. When that foundation is solid, everything else feels so much more doable. And I just think it's really, it's ironic. Like that's not where we think to focus our efforts when we're new to this role. But over time, that's what I've found to be the best use of my energy. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've often said things like, you know, the the key to becoming a good stepmom or thriving as a stepmom has absolutely nothing to do with being a stepmom. It's so true. It's about doing the work on yourself and working on your relationships, your communication skills, self-care, all the things like actually has zero to do with deciding what role a stepmom should have in society. That's just like irrelevant, really. Exactly. And I appreciate that so much too, because I know like there is no one size fits all stepmom life. And I know there are so many, so many of us that are struggling in that role, even actively now, and aren't seeing the kind of relationship that maybe we want with our stepkids. Like just knowing and trusting that that's okay too. And that the time and effort you're spending on your own well being and on the quality of your relationship, like that's never time wasted. Never, never. Because that's the foundation too, right? Yeah. Because when you and your partner are at your best, the extra stressors don't impact you in the same way either. It's so true. And again, like I feel like a broken record, but back to the long game, like that's something we've been thinking about a lot, my husband and I, of just like how to, how to really be using our time together to just be dreaming together about li- what life will look like years down the line. I know you've talked about how you and Darren do that as well. It's like when you have that date night where you just hours later are just sort of daydreaming together about Mm -hmm. what life will be like. That's so important because again, sometimes managing anxiety has less to do with actually directly tackling the anxiety and more about just redirecting our attention to what feels good and what, what we know is good in the long run. Yes, that is so, so true. Oh my gosh, this was so helpful. Even for me, right? You know, I've been working so hard on my anxiety, but it's crazy how, you know, I would say things and you're like, yes, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. And then vice versa. (laughs) It's important to have these conversations too. And that's why I'm glad, you know, you're in the community. We we kind of have our wine Wednesdays and all the things and all the stepmoms being able to have these conversations to know that you're not alone in feeling the way that you feel. Like even I, I know I'm not alone. I do this for a living. You do what you do for a living. And still we're like, oh my God, you feel the same way? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Okay. So where can people find you? So um, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Michaela PhD. That's just to differentiate me from another Dr. Michaela out there. I think she's a chiropractor. Um, That I try to show up there pretty regularly. That's the only social platform I really spend a lot of time on. And then uh, on my website, drmichaela.com. That's where I share about all of that online communication, copywriting stuff. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. I'll link everything for everyone. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're going to have to do this again. I could talk to you forever. My pleasure. Likewise. It was so fun. All right. Chat soon. Okay, bye. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.